0: Welcome to a somber episode of Pod Ski
1: Wee Wee. I'm Josh Smith. And I'm Mike Graham.
0: Ah, How do we start this one, Mike? Our original plan for this week, we were going to sit down and record on Friday. We're going to do our free agency episode. We were going to let kind of the dust settle and we were going to sit here. We're going to talk about all the moves the team made. And then we got the gut punch on Thursday. And everyone listening to this knows Simone Lawrence, the Ticats great, announced his retirement from the Canadian Football League. He has taken a new role with the team as a brand and community ambassador, which is not that a perfect role for him off the field. Like he does that now. I can't imagine how he's going to do that when that's his full time job. Like just just what a smart move by the club to ink him to something like that. It's the perfect role for him, is it not?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no one out there that promotes the Tiger Cats better than Simone Lawrence. So it's a perfect role for him.
0: So the accolades, we all know them. He's the Ticats all-time leader in tackles, all-time leader in defensive tackles, single game tackles, which he set. That is also a CFL record. He finished his career 10th all-time in defensive tackles. He was a three-time league all-star, five-time East Division all-star three-time nominee for Most Outstanding Defensive Player. He's a slam dunk to be inducted into the Wall of Honor. He's more than likely, I think he's a slam dunk, but you never really know, but I think he's a slam dunk for a Hall of Fame. The only thing missing from his resume is the same thing that's missing from every Tiger Cat player's resume for the last 25 years, and that's a Grey Cup championship. But I don't think not winning a title in any way diminishes his legacy. What about you? Do you think that him not... Bring a championship to Hamilton in any way lessens the impact that he had on this franchise, on this community, on this team. Because I, I don't. I think he's still going to be highly regarded in the future as one of the greatest players to ever wear this uniform.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He uh, he's just he's up there with with the all time greats. He um, just the work that he put in on the field and off the field. The way that he embraced. Um, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, the franchise. Like, he is Hamilton Tiger Cat football. I know we had that one year, his rookie year at Edmonton. And I actually remember there was like some kind of documentary that they did on the Edmonton um, football team at the time. And they followed around Simone Lawrence and uh, Shamad Chambers, I believe. And that was yep. my introduction to Simone Lawrence. And he was the, the same guy that he's always been jovial, you know, fun, excited. All that good stuff, so um yeah, he's just he's just gonna be missed a lot with the Tiger cats on the field now obviously he's gonna be with the team, and I think he'll have a job for life if if that's what he wants and he, and that's what he he should have so um it is a sad day, but it's also you know, I think it's a happy day as well because just to to be in Simone's shoes and know that you have that stability life after football must be a pretty good feeling.
0: Yeah, it's funny you bring that uh, that Edmonton documentary up that we actually – so obviously if you're listening to this, you're probably following us on social media. We put out a tweet asking for your memories. We're going to read a bunch of those off. We got a ton of responses, and a couple of people mentioned it. I think it, it was apparently called Hail Mary. I don't remember this. Now, maybe it's because I wasn't as plugged into what was going on in Edmonton in 2012, but uh, a couple of people mentioned that that was their introduction to him as well. I remember him – I think he came in and played for J.C. Sherrod. I think J.C. Sherrod got injured in that season. Uh, I don't know if it was a long-term injury, but I, I remember him coming in. I oddly enough remember him from the NCAA video game. He was in mm-hmm. one. I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because his name stood out, but I remember. So back in the day, With the I, I mean, part, part, yeah, yeah, he played for Minnesota Golden Gophers. And I would never play as Minnesota because I, who wants to play as Minnesota? But. Um, I do remember the game. So what I would do with it, you get the game, and as everyone, anyone who listens to this, if they ever played the old NCAA games, didn't come with the players' names in it. But you could download them, or you, I, I mean, 20 years ago, I used to I used to download the rosters for the college football teams and input them myself, which was quite the undertaking. But then, thankfully wow. for the internet, it comes along. You could you could download these things and put them onto your Xbox or your PlayStation or what have you. And I remember going through. The rosters and Simone Lawrence stuck out as a player for the a linebacker for the Golden Gophers. And I, I think maybe it was just his name that's that stuck out more than anything. Cause I, I like I said I didn't play as Minnesota or I don't even think I played against Minnesota very often when I play that game because there's so many college football teams. But I remember him being in that game, at least, you know, his name was and his name is li- his likeness was in there, but it was it was a it wasn't a real likeness. But um that was kind of I remember that, and then I remember the trade that brought him here. And mm-hmm. it was it, it's it's been said kind of ad nauseum. It might be the most lopsided trade in CFL history, quite frankly. The tie Cats get Simone, they get Greg White, who played two excellent years here in 2013 and 2014. And they got Jeremiah Mazzoli. And in in exchange for uh a linebacker, Canadian linebacker Nathan Kanye, who's a Hamilton native so that you know oh man that stinks an offensive line by the name of carson rockhill who actually ended up getting cut by edmonton and coming back to hamilton kanya and rockhill were out of the league and i believe it was i think kanya's final season was 2015 and rockhill's last year was 2014 and we greg white went back to edmonton for a couple of years but he he was uh he was more of a veteran guy that they brought in but you get jeremiah mazzoli who would go on to be this team's starting quarterback for many years would lead them to a gray cup. You, he would be the East nominee for most outstanding player in 2018. And you get arguably the greatest linebacker to ever play for this franchise. And who would have thought I, on that February day when that trade gets made that the Ticats would be trading for someone who would go on to become, as I've said many times, This generation's Angelo Moscow. Just uh what a what a trade by the Ticats to get those guys here and and look where the franchise was at the time and where they ended up going because of it. And Simone Lawrence ended up being the crown jewel of that. You you never know where you're gonna find guys, right? And and you look at those trades and you wonder who's gonna be go, who's who's gonna win and who's gonna work out. You couldn't have asked for it to work out any better than the Ticats got on that day.
1: No, and, and at the time, Jeremiah Mazzoli and Simone Lawrence were unknowns. Uh, I mean, it just worked out so well for the Hamilton Tiger Cats to get two guys of that caliber, you know, that turned out to be all-star players, right? I mean, at the time, they would have high hopes for these guys, but they wouldn't know what they turn into. So, an absolute steal by the Hamilton Tiger Cats.
0: What is? Do you have an initial memory? Of Simone Lawrence with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Like, do you remember what your intro? Like, I know you said that your first memory of him was him playing in Edmonton, and and, and the mm-hmm. documentary with him and Shamad Chambers. What are your what's what is your fir- do you have a first recollection of him as a Tiger Cat?
1: I, I don't recall my first recollection of Simone Lawrence as a Tiger Cat. I remember that documentary because he was just so animated and his personality really you know, shown through the, uh, the documentary, but I don't recall my first time, you know, seeing Simone Lawrence in a tie cat uniform or the first time that he you know, caught my attention with a big play or anything. But do you have anything? I just remember when
0: they brought him in thinking, how is this going to work with the linebackers? Because at the time they still had Jamal Johnson. They still had Mark Knowlton and they still had, I want to say they still had Ray Williams, who I believe they ended up releasing. And I'm just like, how is this going to work? Because Simone and Jamal Johnson played the same position. And I think midway through his first year with the team, Simone kind of took over that will linebacker spot. I think they moved Jamal Johnson to middle linebacker. I think by then they may have released Marquise Knowlton. And I don't remember who they were starting at Sam linebacker at the time. Might have been Eric Harris, but that might have been the following year. But I guess remember thinking, like, how is this going to work out linebacker-wise? And there's not a singular moment that stands out to me. It's It was his – I remember that season because it was the first year that I had stopped. So I started covering the team on my own in 2010. And then the 2013 season, I would actually stopped doing it before I came back in 2015 with three down and then you and I start the podcast – uh so it was it was the first season where i in in three years where i i kind of just watched as a fan and they were in guelph that year and i I only went to one game in guelph I, i getting to guelph was not something i had any real interest in doing and it was kind of a it was interesting because as the year goes on the team got better they obviously get to the gray cup that year as we remember but i didn't have that same connection with the squad until they get back here in 2014 And then by then, Simone had become almost, even though it had only been about a year and a half, because Labor Day, they opened Tim Hortons Field, he had become kind of already that team ambassador. And I don't remember a singular moment of, of his that was like, he's arrived. I just remember it being one day he was taking over for a guy like Jamal Johnson, who was an excellent linebacker for this team. And it was like, oh, the Cats have found the next guy in that succession. And if he can play here for three or four or five years and do what Jamal Johnson did, man, what a great trade. Eleven years later now, it turned into something you never could have imagined. So no, there wasn't. it wasn't a singular moment for me. It was just thinking, oh, they found the next guy in that lineage. Because as we know, the Tiger Cats and linebackers going yeah. back to you know, as far back as you can remember, the Thai Cats have had stellar linebackers. He's, he was just the next in line for that and, and became that guy pretty quickly is what I recall.
1: Yeah. And the, we had a awesome linebackers group, you know, right before him. So it's not like he was, you know, he was following pretty good company. And you mentioned all the linebackers over the years to, to be a guy that's at the, near or at the top of that list of great tiecat linebackers is quite the accomplishment because there's certainly no shortage of great tiecat linebackers in their history.
0: Did you see the video that both he put out and then the second video that the team put out that was actually narrated by Jamal Johnson like there was the first yeah. video which was Simone announcing his retirement talking about making Hamilton his forever home and what the city means to him and the fans and all that. And then the team released kind of um, a highlight package of sorts that ended up being narrated by Jamal Johnson, which to me speaks to, like, Simone Lawrence took Jamal Johnson's job. and I, I know, And football players know that the next guy is always just around the corner. But that shows me kind of the amount of respect that the elder players had for him if you're willing to – narrate his career retrospective did you get a chance to see either of those videos because they were extremely well done
1: yeah very well put together just uh, uh you know and you'd expect that from the tie too and and the way that the Ty have handled this has been great as well you mentioned the videos and just you know sh- uh showering him with praise because he's given so much to this team and to the to the city of hamilton and it's just nice that the team um you know, gave him his flowers, as the kids like to say. So it's, uh, you know, a lot of the times in pro sports, you don't get that, right? Or or a guy leaves and he plays for a team for a year and then you don't really feel that connection. But this was handled perfectly, I thought.
0: Yeah, the ending can sometimes be ugly. And Mm -hmm. it's due to the player thinks he can still play and maybe he's being pushed out the door. Maybe he goes somewhere else. Like I think of in my personal fandom... I grew up and still am to this day a San Francisco 49ers fan. And my first favorite player was Joe Montana. And Joe Montana was suffered through a bunch of injuries later in his career. And there was a quarterback controversy between him and Steve Young. Steve Young wins the MVP with Joe Montana on the team, but he's hurt in a backup role. And they traded him to the Kansas City Chiefs. And even though when he retired, Montana came back to San Francisco and retired a 49er, And he's still more associated with the 49ers. I remember at the time thinking like, oh, this is how kind of legends go out. And we see it kind of across sports. We see guys who are the Tom Brady. Another example, like, would you have ever thought watching Tom Brady play all those years in New England that he would ever play for another team? And then he goes and plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Peyton Manning with the Denver Broncos. I mean, you and you see it in the CFL all the time just because of the transient nature of it. I mean, Chad Owens played in Hamilton and G. Roy Simon played in Saskatchewan. And you see, it, it's very rare that you see a guy, and, and I don't want to eliminate his time in Edmonton, but I think even Elks fans would recognize that Simone Lawrence is a tiger cat. You know what I mean? Like, yes, we understand he came into the league with Edmonton, but I don't think I don't think anyone there hold him up as their own. I think they mm-hmm. recognize that he, he is Hamilton's he's, he's a Hamilton boy now for lack of a better term. Um, but yeah, for it to, to, and it got ugly amongst the fan base because there was, you saw the comments from Ed Hervey where it's like, we have a role for him. We're working through it. You got the feeling that, oh man, they're, they don't want him to play. And then you're thinking if he still wants to play, he's probably doing it somewhere else. And he puts out the tweet the night before, I think it was Wednesday night, talking about graduating. And and, and in retrospect, you look at that and go, oh, he's graduating from the field to the office. But the other way to take that is he's graduating from the team to go do his post-grad work somewhere else. And that sparked a little bit of, I mean, I posted it on, I don't remember if it was on my personal page or if it was on the Podsky page, but it was like, well, this is going to fuel speculation. You know what I mean. And then the next day, we get the video and, and all that. So it's again, I I think he could still play. I'm sure you think he could still play, but I think this being as sad as it is that this is the end, it kind of ends in the best possible. There doesn't, there's no hurt feelings. There's no like you said, he doesn't leave and then come back. And there's always that weird. Like, there's always going to be something weird with Brandon Banks. Like, Brandon Banks could be beloved here at some point, but there's always going to be that, yeah, but you left. You could have stayed, and I mean, and I know he couldn't have stayed, the team didn't want him, and I get that, but it's like, man, you left, and you went, of all the places, you went there. And I don't blame him, and I'm not angry at it, but you know what I mean? There With Simone, I'm sure he could have gone to Toronto, or Ottawa, or Saskatchewan, or I'm sure someone would have paid him to play football next year, but he decided that he would rather set himself up here. I think that sets himself up as and I'm I'm probably gonna say this a lot, the reason he's going to end up being the next Angela Mosca for this franchise. He's gonna be the guy in his seventies who comes to practice and tells people about what it was like to play in the twenty tens in Hamilton, when they opened Tim Hornsfield, oh well, when we played it well, like there's going to be that younger generation that's going to come around, that's going to follow this team that he's going to be the guy that they say when, when they ask in 50 years, when they're doing the 200th anniversary of the team and they're saying, let's name the all time tie cats. Simone Lawrence is going to be on that list. You know what I mean? And it's because he represented Hamilton so well, but also because of how his career ended staying with the tiger cats, not, Taking the paycheck to maybe go chase a ring somewhere else. I think that that loyalty is going to really resonate with this fan base, and the people of our generation of kids are going to tell their kids, who are going to tell their kids, and the legend of Simone Lawrence is only going to grow.
1: And you know what, this fan base, um, you know, Mosca is known by younger fans, so it, the name's not going to be lost. Like we know the history. TyCat fans know. The history of this franchise know the players that used to play for this franchise, especially guys like Mosca and Simone Lawrence. But you gotta imagine that this decision for Simone Lawrence was a tough one, a real tough one, because he just loves playing football. You know, we were talking about it earlier before we started recording, but um through the labor strife and all that stuff, you know, I I remember the first time they they almost went on strike when Simone Lawrence was in this league, and I remember him putting out tweets like man, I just want to play football. Like, I don't care about this money stuff. And, like, that was uh, – he was in the minority, obviously, with uh, all the players because, uh, obviously, I don't blame the players for wanting to get as much money as possible. But for him to say that, it just shows how much he loved – the ga- or loves the game of football. And uh, I'm sure it was, you know, a really, really tough decision for him to hang up the cleats. But, uh, you know, good things are ahead for him.
0: Well, especially coming off a season where he was the team's top defensive player. He bounces back from an injury riddled 2022. He didn't play great start the year, but by the end of the year, he was fantastic. Like you got to think that in his mind, he's like, I, I still got some ball left in me, but he is 35 and 35 is not a ridiculous age, especially in the CFL to hang him up. He's obviously got a job with the team as the brand and community ambassador. That's, that's something that, like I said, he does he was doing that already as kind of the face of this this team as a player. And now he's gonna get to do it as a as a full-time gig. Like it just it just makes so much sense. You always talk about the guys, especially CFL guys, like setting up life after football. I mean, he's barring something like catastrophic can you see a time when Simone Lawrence isn't in some way employed or endorsed by or involved with the Hamilton tiger cats? Like I can't, like he's going to be whether he's on the field or not a member of this organization probably until the day he dies.
1: Yeah. And it, and if he's not, then it'll be his choice, you know, whether that be an yeah. opportunity somewhere else, uh, but all things, I, I think that he will be in the community and will be getting a paycheck from the Hamilton Tiger Cats for a very, very long time, as long as he wants to. So he's set up there. And just, like, the way that he interacted with, like, the fans of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, you know, meeting them, going, like, to their houses in some cases and hanging out with them, like, that's unheard of. Even for, like, a CFL player who, you know, uh, more than, you know, the major four pro sports league are more down to earth, um, are more close closely connected to the fan base because you know they're not making millions upon millions of dollars each year it's just so impressive the way that uh he interacted with this fan base and and then you got to look at some of the the tweets that were put out from like other players who were like this guy is one of the greatest linebackers of all time in the cfl and for all the negative you know stuff from other fan bases that they talked about simone lawrence you can point to to yeah exactly you can point to his colleagues that he played with for the most part, I'm sure there's some out there that don't like him, but you know, that's just the nature of things. But for the most part, he was extremely well-respected and, uh, and uh, all the haters can uh, take a hike.
0: I mean, I've shared this story. I shared it when it happened. I get a DM in April of 2022 and it's Simone Lawrence. Hey man, love the work you do. Uh, I'm going to the Forge game on Saturday. I'd love to buy you a beer. I didn't ask for that. He comes and finds me in my seat. He doesn't ask me to go meet him somewhere. He comes to me. I posted a picture on social media today and gri- grabs me a beer, and we chit-chat for about 10 minutes, and he's like, hey, man, this was great. I got to go. He doesn't have to do that. Like, and oh. And I just think he did that for me. How many other people has he done that for, we saw over the off season, he went to people's houses and stuff like that. And he's, it's different. It's just different. You know what? Like he's, you you mentioned other people say this and that, and man, I had no time for it this week. You know what I mean? Like I would see negative comments and it, it's just like to hell with them. Like you're not in this community you have no idea what you're talking about. It, it would be like us c- talking about someone in BC or someone in Winnipeg and saying like, oh, they were like, it'd be a, like, d- did Jackson Jeffcoat do this in Winnipeg? He, perhaps he did. Mm-hmm. And, but it would be like us saying, oh yeah, but he's no good. Cause he didn't like, get out of here. Like, this is a time of celebration. This is a time. And like you said, his, his contemporaries coming out and saying like, this is one of the best to ever do it. They don't have to do that like but I just think of the and, and like I said, we're gonna read some of the fan stuff that we got in a second the amount of people that mentioned off the field things that he did that's what and I, and we always talk about and you you mentioned it briefly it's like we talk well the CFL because they're like you said. Lower pay, like lower paying, is not the right word, but they're not multimillionaires. They're not. They don't live in gated communities away from the rest of 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 the of the population. They're they're in the communities. They're they're there they're they're at the WalMarts. They're at the grocery stores. Like I remember when I was uh I was I worked with a kid um pr- probably might have been Simone's maybe second or third year in the league, and he's like Simone Lawrence and Taylor Reed rent the house next door to me. And he was – for anyone that knows the Hamilton area, it was Upper Sherman and Mohawk just by where the old Walmart used to be. He lived like a couple of streets down from there, and he's like, yeah, I see him all the time. Like these guys live amongst the fans, and it's not arm's length away. You can see them at places when you don't expect to see them. You can see them out and about doing their grocery shopping at Freshco or – you know, getting their car done at the, like going to Dairy Queen for some ice cream, like going they, seeing him at the movie theater, like there there's, they're in the community and Simone Lawrence was maybe the most visible because he was mm-hmm. here the longest, and he deserves major credit for that. But he was he's not the only guy that does that, right? Like they do it across the league and but for Hamilton, for a guy of that magnitude, like for a time there he was one of the 10 best players in the sport in Canadian football like when you think of it in those terms you it 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 almost breaks your brain a little to realize how accessible someone like that could be and I, I'm not I'm not casting aspersions on any other sports league but could you imagine going to an MLS game and let's say you're you're you, you go to the an la galaxy game and I'm trying to think of who maybe is the uh let's say puka nakua who's a receiver for the la rams dm's a random fan and says oh i'm hey i i i want to i want to meet you for a for a pint at the game and then comes in and it's not like hey come meet me in this secluded area away from people it's i'm gonna walk right up to you where you're sitting tap you on the shoulder and dap you up and give you a high five and talk to you like Again, it's not I'm not saying that that's necessarily a negative thing about the other big leagues, but for that to happen in a league like that like you got like it it all like I said it kind of blows your mind a little bit that those things can happen up here, not just with guys who maybe are local or maybe you knew because you went to high school with like we're talking about superstar, upper echelon guys. It's different, it's just different, and it's those types of things that ingratiate players to the communities that they're in. And I don't think anyone in my lifetime that I can remember got that as much as Simone Lawrence did.
1: No, and, and I also remember fondly <clears throat> him kicking my ass in Madden. Just an <laughs> absolute slaughter. Oh, my God. It was like 77 to 20-something. I, I don't know. I, I, I have nightmares about that. But it was also a great experience um, just being able to play Madden with Simone Lawrence. Very cool. And I know Straight he did a that with other You could too. chew there? Oh, my God. It was a slaughter, my friend.
0: Uh, so we kind of talked about it a little bit, but I'm more curious the totality of his career. Do you have any like highlights, like memories of, of what, of what he did over his career? Are there any like plays or games or stuff like that that really stands out to you? Cause it, it's a little harder to do as a linebacker. Like it's not like he's a quarterback and it's like, Oh, when he led this game winning drive or he made this great catch as a receiver, but as a linebacker. It's a little, it's a little more difficult to do, but is there any, right. you know, handful of stuff that maybe stands out to you as like, Oh, I remember this, this is a Simone Lawrence moment that I will remember forever.
1: Well, there's the, um, obviously the, the game where he had 17 tackles and broke yeah. the CFL record is the obvious one. Um, and then there's some, like, uh, I remember an interception that re- got returned for a touchdown from him. Um, you know, I forget what I ate for for lunch today, so it's hard for me to remember years back. But, like, it, it it's hard to pick out a certain thing because he, he was just, like, what I'll remember is the consistent play at linebacker. This guy was one of the best linebackers in the league um, ever since he joined with the Tiger Cats. He just got better and better and better. And, uh, you know, those hard hits, I'll remember, um, the little scrap he had with, uh, James, James Wilder. Wilder in Edmonton, even though I didn't see it because I left my seat right before halftime. But I remember seeing the replay of that and being like proud of him. Cause I was never really a big James Wilder fan, but, uh, there's just so many that I'll just remember him being consistently great on the field.
0: Him and James Wilder had a pretty good feud. Um, I don't know if they've since ever, like, reconciled, but it was very – and this kind of speaks to another one of our interests. It was very pro-wrestler, re- like, right? like, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, but Labor Day. I remember those two guys would get after each other on Labor Day. I remember there was a mic'd up thing where Simone was mic'd up for Labor Day, and I think he called – I think he called – either called James Wilder his son or told James Wilder that he was his daddy. And it was mm-hmm. like – it almost felt like whenever – he those two guys would go up against each other it was like on site like there something was going to happen and like the the pinnacle of that was was that nonsense in edmonton that was what i think it was 20 2021 i think i think that was the the shortened season i believe um when that happened but i just remember i remember that that scrap like there was a someone who laid a hard hit on him wilder gets in his face but i remember there was an incident on a labor day here where, like, Wilder, like, dragged him by a face mask, but then Simone, like, got him for a tackle. And I just remember those two guys really like to battle. You mentioned the interception. I had a couple of picks that I remembered from him, a couple of recent ones. In 2021, he had a pick on Bo Levi-Mitchell in a game here in Hamilton. He had a pick in the Labor Day Classic that year. Is the one you're thinking of against the Argos in 2016, the home opener, where he, I think he had, like, Five tackles, two interceptions, a touchdown and like a sack. Like he had like the, I remember thinking after that game, it's like, he's trying to win defensive player of the year in the first game of the season. It was the game that opened BMO field and it was right. the Ticats and the Argos and the Ticats went in there and, and stomped them. And he had a massive game and he ended it with like, with a pick. So I think John Chick tipped the ball, Simone yep. caught it and then, then housed That's it the Is that the interception you think you're thinking of?
1: That's the one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like I said, it's really tough to to pinpoint specific memories. The Ticats put out a top five greatest Simone moments. Uh, theirs was the 2021 20, Labor Day pick six on Nick Arbuckle. It was like a tip ball that he caught. He spins around and, and he scores. They had the 17 tackle game. They had the game that, made him, that put him, the tackle that gave him top 10 in CFL history, the tackle that gave him the the lead for the Ty cats, like the all time record. And then they had the 80 yard fumble recovery in the 2018 East semifinal against the lions that he was, he tried so hard to score, but was gassed and, and couldn't make it to the end zone. And they showed in the video, like him with the old big gold belt. And cause Rick, that was, that was the game that Ric Flair was there for. He had the big gold belt. He's cutting like this wrestler promo almost at the end. They got him to Woo. He was just like in his element and those, those were what the tie cats had. And I can't disagree with any of those either. He just made so many, like you said, it was, it was, wasn't just a play, but it was plays plural that he would make through a game. Like at one point there was a couple of seasons there where he would finish in the top, like two or three, sometimes first in like total defensive plays. And it's like, There was an argument during kind of like the middle portion of his career, like maybe 2015 to 2019. Is he the best defensive player in the Canadian football league? And he never got the recognition, never won most outstanding defensive player, but he was all because he never put up like 140 tackles in a season or, you know what I mean? He didn't have big sack numbers, but he just, he did it all. He was the most, maybe the most well-rounded player that we've had at linebacker maybe ever. And, and that's saying something because this, this team has had some pretty damn good linebackers. But when I think of, and I know you did this for your, for your tie fan feedback show that we just posted on Patreon, cheap plug, you asked the greatest linebacker and a lot of older people said Ben Zambiazzi. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, man, it's hard for me not to say it's, it's Simone Lawrence because he was just all over the field all the time. And, uh, just one hell of a career
1: yeah most defensive tackles uh, on the hamilton tiger cats and it's not even close he has yeah. 727 and the closest is rob hitchcock at 484 some of the names on that list is like hitchcock Montford, jamal johnson calvin tiggle mike o'Shea i mean that's a list of hall of famers right there and simone sits at the top of the list and it's not even fucking close
0: so they're doing a graduation ceremony next Wednesday. Tickets went on sale at noon today. We're recording this on Friday. They sold out in, in like, I think it was, like, two hours. They were gone. Like, does that not tell you they're doing a – next Wednesday going to be Simone Lawrence Day. They're giving him the keys. They We never talked about this on the show, but there was a um, a contest to name the snowplow. Right. And it was it, – he won, it's called Snowmoney Lawrence, and it went up against, like, like, there was a Taylor Swift name in there. There was a couple other Thai but there was, like, a list of, like, ten names, and he apparently won in, like, a landslide. Like, they're giving him the uh, ceremonial keys to that. They're naming next Wednesday, Simone Lawrence Day. They're doing a thing at City Hall. They have the graduation ceremony. Which I'm hoping because it sold out so quickly, the Ticats find a way to broadcast that, whether it's on their YouTube page or their website, so that the people that didn't have an opp- or don't have an opportunity to go, or fans like yourself that aren't in the in the in, in Hamilton can can still participate in that. But doesn't that tell you like how many other players could hold something like this and have it sell out in a matter of hours? I, I don't know if anyone else on this team could have pulled that off except for number twenty one.
1: Yeah, it, it also shows, the, you know, the the strong fan base of the Hamilton mm-hmm. Tiger Cats. Like, any other city, I'm not sure, you know, you can name some good CFL cities, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg. But, um, you know, in the East, I just can't imagine that, you know, in Montreal, Toronto, or even in Ottawa, that a player would be this popular within the city. You mentioned the Simone Lawrence, the snowplow being named after. Like, what other city could you imagine... Like, you're not going to get, you know, one in Toronto named after pinball or something, even though pinball is extremely popular. um, It's just not going to happen in other cities. So I think Simone Lawrence was such a good fit in Hamilton. And he just, like you said, he played for Edmonton earlier, but that doesn't really, you know, he didn't really play and it was his rookie year and that doesn't really count. He blended in so perfectly with this franchise and with this city.
0: Yeah, I think there's something to that. Like I feel like like you think you mentioned Pinball. You think of Pinball and you're like, "Oh, you know, not not buttoned up, but like he's proper. He's he's always positive. Like he he kind of imbues that that image that maybe Toronto wants to put out there." You think of Simone and yeah, he's got the big smile, very similar to Pinball in that respect. Very gregarious very outgoing, but he's got a little bit of a nastiness to him. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like there's the a little bit talk. of, the he's trash a trash talk. talker and he's a yep. damn good one. And he's got an edge to him. And he, you know, the, the stuff, of, oh, he plays dirty, but like he, for, for fans of other teams, he was dirty for fans of the Ticats. It's now he's, he's skirting the edge. And that's just, it, it was, the, it was the, for lack of a better term, it was the imperfections that kind of made him the perfect avatar for this city,
1: right? It, it was the, it's the same with Moscow, right? I mean, yes. Moscow wasn't a perfect uh, person by any stretch, but he had that hard edge to him, you know. You just feel that, you know, that you know, I know that uh, Hamilton isn't a steel town necessarily anymore, but back in the day, Moscow, you know, represented that hard edge, and I feel like, um, Simone Lawrence did the same thing in certain aspects of his personality.
0: Yeah. It's it's Hamilton's not a steel town anymore, but it still has that blue collar steel town mentality. Like yeah. it's still a, it's still a town where you put your work clothes on, you go to work, you put in an honest days effort, you come home and you feel good about yourself. And with Simone Lawrence, I think he embodied that as well. Like do you, you never thought that he was out there coasting even if he maybe wasn't at his best or he didn't have a great game, you knew he put everything into that game and he left it all out on the field. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that also is is a reason why he became so popular. Like obviously him being a great player has the most to do with it. Like if he wasn't very good, it wouldn't have mattered, but because he embodied the spirit of this city he had the right mix of talent and nastiness to him. Like you said with Angelo Mosca, like I'm sure – I'm sure if Angelo Mosca played today, he'd be one of the most hated players in the yes. CFL. But but time has a way of smoothing that out. And You go, yeah – because even in his day, he was considered dirty. You
1: know what Absolutely. I mean? Like, Absolutely.
0: So – it's hard. It was. It was really hard to be a dirty football player in the 1960s because yeah. they let you do whatever yeah. the hell you wanted. And even uh-huh. then, Mosca was. Oh, he he steps over the line. Um, um, he stepped
1: over the line, and it's like I didn't even see. You know, he's hated in BC, right? And I don't want to. Yeah. You know, make this uh, Angela Mosca uh, episode, but that hit on uh, the running back in BC. It didn't seem over the top to me, and that was the reason why he was so hated in yeah. British Columbia. But uh, I digress.
0: Yeah, and it's just – but Simone had that – he kind of just – it all kind of melded together to make him the perfect player for this city, and that's why he ends his career so beloved and why fans were were clamoring for him to come back. But now, even though all of us are sad that he's no longer going to be on the field – everyone's still really happy that he's going to uh remain with the organization like you said he'll probably have a job with this team for as long as he wants it and I think that's a good thing so we put out a I I, it was a simple question send us your memories send us your thoughts on Simone Lawrence I knew we were going to get a ton of responses I was still blown away by how many we got and because this is kind of um it's a celebration of him. I'm I'm gonna share them all here with everybody, and uh, we'll we'll, we'll d- maybe some of them will bring up uh, some discussions of of some things that maybe we haven't talked about yet. But our first one came from Andy Houston '03 on Twitter. All these responses were on Twitter, by the way. Uh, sent in one saying invading BMO and season seat holders autograph sessions, and then sent a pair of pictures with them. I gotta say, uh, I don't know which gentlemen, this is, but they're younger, you're younger guys. They look like they're teenagers, which tells me that he Simone was able to reach that younger fan base that we know that the CFL is so desperate after. So for our first response to be from a couple of kids who, and I apologize if I'm wrong, look like they're still in high school. Like that's pretty cool. Like that kind of tells you the, um, the impact that he had where he could get the youth. Interested in a league that doesn't always Attract that type of uh, That type of fan right
1: Yeah absolutely and I I will say that Hamilton Probably leans a uh, Younger fan base than A lot of the teams in this league Because I think that Hamilton's A, a really strong franchise right now but you're Absolutely right he, he had a connection With the younger folk And uh, the younger folk <laughs> <that's> <laughs> all, uh, The younger You know people out there so and you're right it Younger is
0: generation
1: Younger generation, and it's tough to connect with the, with the, those people because, you know, there's so much that they can watch. There's so much at their fingertips. It's not like when you and I were growing up and we just had cable TV, essentially. Um, so to grab that generation is uh, is a pretty remarkable thing.
0: Tiger Sammy says, how can you choose only one? This guy embraced the team, the city, the community. He is our generation's Angelo Mosca. I can't wait to tell my kids and grandkids about how amazing of a player he was to see live. And that's the truth, right? Like That's how these guys become immortal. That's how they become legends. His name is going to go up on the wall of honor. His, his there's There's been a push already amongst the fan base to have his jersey retired. I'm not a big jersey retirement guy, mm-hmm. um, but I, I kind of hope that we maybe at least for a little while don't see 21 in circulation. What about you? Where do you stand on jersey retirements in general? And would you be in favor of the Ticats maybe retiring 21 and having it no longer be in circulation like they do with 68 and 10?
1: I think that that should be reserved for the the top, the, you know, the the elite of the elite uh, with their teams. You know, you can't just be retiring jerseys willy nilly. But in this case, uh, I'm totally with it. Like, I'm with you. I don't really like it a lot. But uh, for Simonio Lawrence, I think it's well-deserved. And 21 shouldn't be worn by anyone in the near future.
0: All right. Tina sent us, my funniest memory comes from Grey Cup 2023. So this one's recent. When we bumped into these TICATS Legends, and I asked my friend Derek, could if my if my friend Derek could get a pick, and Simone said he has to take that hat off first and made him take off his Elks hat. Absolute classic. And then she sent us a picture of I see Delvin Bro, Simone, Eric Harris, Jamal Johnson's in that picture. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Jake sent us this one, the one where he came out of retirement in 2024 for a playoff push and helped bring home a great cup. How I I don't see it happening, but that would be. Could you imagine how, how happy like, Obviously Cat fans would be happy if we won a championship Could you imagine if they, they Coaxed him out of retirement for a playoff run And he, he Comes back and, and they win the cup like th- There's your storybook ending I don't think we're going to get it but that would be pretty cool
1: That would be pretty cool And uh, I think that You know this isn't probably going to happen But if they did win a great cup in 2024 You give him uh, You know a ring like a player ring Like you don't Oh
0: he's getting a ring
1: yeah, you don't uh, you know give him like a smaller version of the ring. You give him the legit Grey Cup ring.
0: Yeah, all right. Jim Martin sent us, I was first introduced to Simone in a behind-the-scenes series focusing on Edmonton in 2012. This is the thing you brought up. He bought new shoes with his first check, as all of the veterans explained why you shouldn't do that. Marched to <laughs> the beat of his own drum even then. That's a really good way of putting it. He was an individual, was he not? Like, there's... We we talked about it. There's there's other guys, players from teams across the league, guys in Hamilton that do stuff in the community. There's never been and ever will be another Simone Lawrence. He is one of a kind.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's you know, the, the personality just can't be matched. It's it's just you're absolutely right. There will be never there will never be another twenty-one. And um, you know, uh I remember when you came to visit me in Edmonton years back. And I was staying in an apartment complex at that time, and I had the Simone Suite. And that's what the, yep. the first thing you said, uh, oh, 21, the Simone Suite. So I was always proud of that.
0: Yeah, that. W- how serendipitous was that, right? Like, just so yeah. happens that you get you rent an apartment, it happens to be number 21. 21. It was, uh, was meant to be. All right, Corey Allen sends in, I'm not sure there's a combination of words I can put together to show what that man means to Hamilton. I'll try to the best of my abilities. There has been countless great players to have played for the Ticats, but there are few who can truly do what Sim has done for Hamilton. That is, don't think I can add anything to that. Phyllis, Phyllis Jefferson just sent us a picture of her with Simone Lawrence and a bobblehead and a be, like, again, just interacting with the community. Jim Martin sent us another one. I think my favorite all time memory is the game in 2019 When he set the single-game record for tackles, I remember sitting at my cottage yelling, Oski, wee-wee, motherfucker, after every big play, and he set the record on the last drive. Good times. Jim also said, I was intrigued when he was traded to the Ticats in 2013 and got to watch him play in rainy old Guelph as he became a standout linebacker. Corey uh, continued on saying, there have been some that have been close to Mosca, like basically right there with him. I think Sim, or there have been few, sorry, that have been few that have been as close to Mosca. I think Sim is standing right there beside Mosca. That's something that we've been, I've said it numerous times already today, and I think think I'm going to continue to say it. He is this generation. I don't think there's any doubt that he will go down. When you think of 20, let's say 20, the mid 2010s to his retirement, he will go down as the face of the franchise. And I think because he's sticking around, is going to take on that Moscow role. I don't think there's any question about it.
1: No. And you think about guys, you know, the last time the Ticats won a championship in 99, you think about guys like Montfort, um, And they're, you know, I talked about him on uh, uh, one of my Patreon shows, and there was just like a, an aura to Montfort, right? You know, the visual of Montfort and, and all that stuff. But he just, you can't hold him up in the same regard. Even though we won a championship, with Monfort as Simone Lawrence because of Simone Lawrence tenure in Hamilton and the, what he did off the field as well as on the field. So he just, he just followed up in, in a different regard.
0: Tycat fan for life said, my fave memory is when he bought a bike for a friend of our daughters who was around Ivor with some friends who were riding bikes, but he didn't have one. He was an amazing football player, but an even better man. We are so lucky to have him in our community. Couldn't have said that any better. Jimmy V says, to me, he was the quarterback of our defense. Everyone stepped up because of his presence on the field. The best way to honor him this year would be to win a cup. Oski, Wee Wee forever 21. Uh, Kyle Senra says, Simone Lawrence is my favorite football player ever. Confidence, leadership, and excellent play. The perfect embodiment of the Ticats culture the Ticats record tackles, the CFL record of 17 tackles of the game and all the team success. Thank you. Simone. I I, I do hope that people don't hold the lack of a championship against them. It, they don't with Earl. No. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think Earl Winfield's legacy in Hamilton is diminished because he didn't win. It's a, a Grey cup. I'm hoping that it's the same with. I think, I hope that we view his time because his time was generally successful. Like, if you think about what came in the decade preceding his arrival, they get to four great cups. They have the 15 and three season. They went to, I think six East finals with them. Like aside from winning a championship, it was a damn good run for a player. And I'm just hoping that when it's all said and done, I know fans of other teams are going to, you know, ha 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 ha. But I hope Tycat fans don't use it as a, as a reason to downplay what he meant to this team. Because I think, I think he he did succeed quite he he had did have a successful career and I think the team was for the most part successful when he was here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it, people hold that against other, you know, players in different sports more than in football. I think if you're a knowledgeable football fan, you know that a linebacker isn't going to be, you know, he can be effective and all that, but it's a team sport, right? So you can't hold it against them that they could never get over the top and get that great cup in his tenure. So I, I don't think that that will be held against him, maybe by some dupuses um, from other fan bases. But, you know, he's only one man on a, on a large team. So I don't think that'll be a, a factor in his legacy.
0: Yeah, and honestly, what this week or these last few days have shown me is Comments from people who weren't in Hamilton, I don't really care about them. Like, you don't know. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, you, you think you know, but you, you, if you're diminishing this guy's career because he never won a championship, you don't know ball. It's that, it's that or simple. Or because and,
1: he, he hit somebody. Like, in, in the speed yeah. of the game, the way that it goes, that hit on Claro's. I was critical of him at the time. But it's like such a I, – I can't I – I've never played professional football. And, and it wasn't – I don't think it was You know, malicious or anything. That He was just trying to make a play. And, and shit happens sometimes. He was never a dirty player, not even close, uh, no matter what any you know fan says from Saskatchewan or, or any other city in the league.
0: And doesn't that speak to him? He, he spun it into a positive. He was suspended for two games. He goes to the bloody tailgate and hangs out with Ticap fans because he's not right. allowed in the stadium on the sideline with the team. So what does he do? Spins it positively. Uh, again he seems like someone who is always looking at the rights the, the the bright side of things right yeah. like it's all it's it, it people are gonna inspire it's inspiring, at, it's inspiring yeah, honestly like it is but people are gonna scoff at this we've mentioned i've mentioned mosca half a dozen times now he's pinball yeah yeah he's pinball like i've never seen this guy ever say anything the 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 most negative thing i remember him saying was after henry burris complained about a hit which they showed in the tie cats highlight package that they posted they put that hit in there and i absolutely love that that they put because it wasn't a low hit it wasn't a dirty hit i remember that
1: yeah yeah but they put put that in
0: there and that was the only time he ever really attracted any sort of negative attention and he was wrong because he did say something about like playing like a girl and he got some backlash for it and then he spun, he apologized for it and all, which was the right thing to do. And you, that was really the only time I ever heard him on the negative side of things. It was always positivity. It was always uplifting. And again, like I said, people might scoff, but th- there's, there's some pinball Clemens in him there. So I mm-hmm. I don't know again but he's he's got the pinball mentality with the mosca edge which makes him perfect for hamilton like we were saying all right adam stalker here of course adam comes with games everyone else is is coming up with uh feelings he comes up with facts 2016 week one at toronto seven tackles two sacks one interception pick six 42 20 win 2019 week week 16 at winnipeg 17 tackles and a 33 13 win uh 2021 week seven versus Calgary eight tackles, one interception, 23, 17 win interception sealed the W with David Watford starting. So that was the uh, it's funny. He mentioned all the uh, kind of all the you, we mentioned that the 17 tackle games, we mentioned the the pick. I thought I didn't think he had that many tackles. I thought he had two picks. I guess he had two sacks, one pick. That's a hell of a game. And then that 2021 20, victory over Calgary, if I recall correctly, was the first time they had beat the Stamps since uh, Touchdown Atlantic. In 2011, I think it was. It was the very first time they I ever beat so. Bo Levi Mitchell. So, pre- or oh, that that might not have been Bo. That might have been Nick Arbuckle in that game. I don't remember, but I just remember that I think that was the first time they ever beat Cal. They beat Calgary since since the. Uh, touchdown Atlanta because uh that was in ha- the week seven game was in hamilton it wasn't until the next year when they won in in
1: calgary and Don't then he figured we off- beat we beat calgary with david watford at quarterback meanwhile yeah. we played them with like really actually good starting quarterbacks for years and could never beat them but then yeah
0: and i remember that was a real like run heavy yes they didn't let him throw type game yeah it was definitely interesting and then adam finishes off with an every labor day when he tackled the crap out a james wilder jr which was definitely mm-hmm. Definitely something that, that we appreciated. Uh, Derek, who we talked about earlier, who we got a picture of, he said, I haven't had much experience with him, but my favorite was him taking time out of his busy Grey Cup schedule this last year to hand out candy canes to the children at the parade. He did so much to get back to the city. Yeah, he was like the grand marshal of the Grey Cup slash Santa Claus parade here last year. He was like the main event. He was he was on the second to last. He was on with Mrs. Claus handing out candy like the." How, how many other other uh, CFL players could you expect to see that from Derek Fox, you followed up on on Tina's scent goes when legends like that ask you to remove your hat, there is no argument and that is uh that that's damn right that's damn right when you think about that Jed Roberts, former Edmonton player himself. I recall seeing him in camp with the Elks in 2012. I was guest coaching and had get, he uh, oh uh, uh Neil Lumpson had given me the heads up about what a great player Simone Lawrence was could tell right away that he had outstanding range and was intense as could be congrats on a great career former players man guy like guys never play with them coming up with stuff like that speaks a lot to what he what he accomplished on the football field does it not
1: yeah absolutely I mean they watch this guy play and they they put him up in high regard so it's um It must be a a humbling thing for him to be uh, talked about in such high regard by uh, other great players in the past.
0: Uh, Lorraine Schooley, pardon me if I pronounced your name incorrectly, I remember seeing him on the show Hail Mary when he thought the giant speaker at Commonwealth was a heater and talking about the color of our money. So uh, I imagine that when he came up to Edmonton, that was probably his first time ever in Canada. I know he played Minnesota, but I can't imagine he took many trips up from Minnesota. So... Yeah, it would be uh, the color of the money thing. It's always fascinating to me when people point that out. You know what I mean? Because it's like I, I don't we grew up with it doesn't feel that weird, but I guess it no. does to other people at a very cool rat, which is quite the handle. Probably when I met him at the draft party last year and she sent a picture of him uh, dressing like <laughs> he's dressed up like Debo from uh, Friday. He's got the, <laughs> the the shirt on with the chain and he looked looking pretty fly there. Uh, Jake sent us a video, found this video from way back, vintage mic'd up sim, and it's just him running around like a crazy man. Uh, We've got a couple more here. Tiger Sammy sent uh, one in again after the 2021 East Final in Toronto. He made sure to come over and thank all the fans for showing up, gave high fives and handshakes, and took the time to thank each fan individually. I said... One more next week, and his response was, and it's a GIF of Walter White saying, you're goddamn right. Uh, JYMZ61, his infectious smile and humor, awesome trash talk, hard-hitting plays on the edge, and a genuine nice person, great for the city, happy to hear he's a Hamiltonian for good, who will be missed on the field. Thank you, 21. P.S., I still don't know what Hove stands for. It's interesting that people don't know what Hove stands for. It's the Jay-Z thing. I th- that's all what I always thought it was like Jay-Z used to call himself Jehovah and it's just a play on Jehovah. So I always just assumed that that's what that was. Did you ever think of anything? Yeah. A- anything, I, like, I don't think I I I thought thought stood-
1: it was uh, Jay-Z related, but I never dug into it um, too closely, but that was my assumption. Yes.
0: Uh, and then the last one here, we got uh, Ryan from Hamilton met him at the gray cup parade. He was living his best life and gave my kiddo a big candy cane. Definitely this generation's Mosca that, again, we're not the only ones saying it. A lot of people are saying it. For heart and soul and the embodiment of black and gold. Also, he knew when it was the right time to hang up the cleats. Not many players can do that. I mean, is there anything left to say about him? Like, we've kind of encompassed it all. Is there any any last thoughts you kind of have? about what he meant to you as a fan what you think he meant to this city just uh anything to wrap this up with or or do you think we're kind of all all talked out here how do you how do you feel now that you know that his career is over are you is it one of those things where you're not sad that it's gone but you're happy that it happened or are you still a little bummed to think that you won't see him on the field in in may and june and, and going forward
1: it is a bit of a bummer knowing that we'll never see 21 on the field for the tiger cats play but I just want to say it was an honor to watch him play all these years for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. You know, it's going to be a, a big hole in defense, not just because of the play on the field, but you know, the the excitement that he brought. You know, I'm sure he got players up, you know, for games uh, in the em locker up, room.
0: Zip up, body bag. Zip them up, body yeah. bag. On the got field, me, in the I locker room. The
1: yes, and it, that leadership and that high intensity. Is gonna be missed on the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and I'm sure there'll be guys that will bring it as well, but but no one like like uh, Simone Lawrence. So it was a pleasure to watch him play, and you know that if you listen to this podcast, we're not much for kissing players' asses. You know what I mean? Like we don't really do that here, but it's a pleasure to kiss his ass because he just gave so much to the Hamilton Tiger Cats and so much to Hamilton, Ontario.
0: So. We didn't get into what his impact leaving means for the team. We're going to do that next week. Next week, we're going to come back regularly scheduled program and talk about all the free agency stuff. We'll get into what his void is there. This was meant as a celebration. I don't think you could have said it any better. If Simone, if you're listening, I don't know if you listen to the podcast. Don't know if you ever listened to the podcast, but if you do, if you are listening to this one and you get to the end here, next time you're at a fourth game beers are on me buddy I'd love to say thank you for what you meant to the city for myself and for Mike as fans it's it was a hell of a ride it's it's just you never think when it starts that 10 years is going to go by so quickly like I've seen the pictures and the videos of his first year in Hamilton and boy does he look young you know what I mean like yes. he looks I a like a baby a on my
1: uh... And, you know, the, the most prestigious honor of all yes. is the Mike's Wall of Honor. And I yep. have a very young Simone Lawrence up there. So um, if you're listening, Simone, you're on uh, on the Wall of Honor in my house.
0: Already on the Wall of Honor. But you know what I mean? Like, you think it's the ride's going to last forever. You yep. never know when – you never think it's going to end when it ends. And, yeah, it, it came – 2013 to 2024, those that decade went by very quickly, very very quickly. And you, you said it, we don't uh, we don't tend to, to smooch butts on this show. Uh, we kept it honest, I think. I think when when he played well, we praised him. When he played poorly, we were honest about him. I think that that is what these guys respect. I know that that's what people in the organization respect about us is that we're not afraid to be critical when it's necessary. But critics be damned, man. He's one of the greatest ever. Wear the uniform for this franchise. He is a legend in the Hamilton community and the CFL community at large. He is going to be missed on the field, but it does feel really damn good that he retired a Hamilton Tiger Cat. Or I should maybe we should say he he's preferring graduations. We graduated as a Hamilton Tiger Cat player and will now be forever linked with this franchise. There's never going to be a picture of him. I, again, we know we played for Edmonton and there's pictures of him, but. We're never going to see a picture of him in double blue. We're never going to see a picture of him in the red and the black for the for Ottawa. And Mm -hmm. those won't exist His the vast majority of his career. the, The important part of his career took place in one uniform. That is extremely, extremely rare. And thank you, Simone Lawrence, for everything you did for the team, for the community and for the hours of entertainment that you provided myself. I'm sure I'm speaking for Mike as well. It was a hell of a run, and and you will be missed. So that is Podski Wee Wee for this week. I am Josh Smith.
1: And I'm Mike Graham. Eat them raw. Long live Simone.